This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Happy Father's Day. I'm celebrating our artists this morning. This shirt is retro. It was designed in the 1990s by my friend and colleague here at Trinity Lutheran Church, Pastor Dan Erlander. We served together for the better part of a decade. It was a joyful time. And then there is this painting by Byron Birdsall. Byron was a member of Trinity Lutheran Church. He was also a world-renowned artist. When Byron died, we joined Billy in grief. But the whole state of Alaska joined us as well as they had a day of mourning for this unique artist. Now, our world and our lives are better for the beauty, majesty, and mystery that artists share with us. Byron was most famous for his Alaska paintings, but this one, as you see, is of Martin Luther. 500 years ago, Martin Luther had a rather complicated relationship with his father. His father, Hans, was a hard-working peasant who hoped to have his son, Martin, amount to something more in his life. He hoped that his son would escape the peasant existence, and Hans made every sacrifice possible to give young Martin the opportunity to go to law school and become a lawyer. But Luther was called by God to service in the church. And so, without consulting his father, he left the University of Erfurt and joined the Augustinian movement to become a priest. For a very long time, the disappointed father refused to talk to his son. Before it was over, of course, Martin Luther would become one of the most important figures in history, leading the Protestant Reformation. Oh yes, along the line, he found the time to have seven children of his own. Not all of them lived to adulthood, and perhaps they did not all live up to their father's expectations. Well, this is week 67 of our online worship and we are so pleased that you made the decision to worship with us. Happy Father's Day. I'm going to take Luther with me. We're going to go light the candles, and you can sing along with Carl our opening hymn. Come all ye people, come and praise the Most High. Come, all you people, come and praise the Most High. Come, all you people, come and praise the Most High. Come, all you people, come and praise the Most High. Come now and worship the Lord. Come, all you people, come and praise the Savior. Come, all you people, come and praise the Savior. Come, all you people, come and praise
This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us pray. Lead us, Lord. Guide us. Help us to see that everything is a gift from you. Our bodies, our lives, our wealth, and our children belong to you. May we be good stewards of all, and may we play the role that you have called us to play. We pray in the name that is above all other names, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Ava has read for us many times during the pandemic. Ava just started her summer break, but she's still reading for us. So let's go down to the farm. Over to you, Ava. The lesson is from the second chapter of Luke. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Ava. You have a great summer. Carl's going to share a piece of special music with us at this time. Carl? Love is a candle that lights up the night. Love is a star that we follow to daylight. Love is a lighthouse that leads us safely home. The surest light we'll ever know. Let love go forward from this time and place. Shine its healing light in a gentle embrace. Let love go forward from this place and time. This time and place 
shine its healing light in a gentle embrace. Let love go forward from this place and time. Let love shine. Let love go forward from this time and place. Shine Did you catch the last line that Ava read for us? That last verse in our text, it offers us some narration, some illumination on the Jesus story, and some illumination casting light on almost every human story. Unless we forget, the Jesus story is a human story. Now the scene that preceded that last line was filled with tension. Perhaps there is no greater terror for parents or grandparents than that of misplacing that which is the most precious thing in life, misplacing a child that we were called to care for. Now it's happened to most of us, I'm guessing. It's almost impossible to avoid. It happens at Target or Costco or Payless, and it has happened here at Trinity Lutheran Church. We turn our back for a moment, or, or are, we are distracted by someone or something, and suddenly we realize that our little one, our toddler, is out of sight. And in that moment of recognition, all other priorities disappear. Our mind, body, and spirit will not rest until that child is found. When I was five years old, there was a family party at our house on a Saturday afternoon. A birthday party, probably. Our large extended family gathered often for such events. Sometime in the mid-afternoon, I wandered off from my older siblings and my older cousins. I escaped to my parents' bedroom. Now, no one went in my parents' bedroom. This was a day when children did not get in bed with their parents. In fact, I don't ever remember being in that bed. But having escaped the big kids, I crawled under the bed and I fell fast asleep. Two hours later, after searching high and low and talking to all the neighbors and scouring the cornfield that was next to my house, the local police were called. My mother was prone to excessive worry on her best days. Her baby being lost put her over the top. Well, I'm here. <laughs> Needless to say, I was found or I woke up. And upon doing so, I could not figure out what all the fuss was about. No, it's not an unusual story. Most of us have had such an experience in our lives, being on one side of the equation or the other. It is a human story. In that moment of recognition, when we realize that we've lost the most precious thing in the world to us, all else fades in importance. And our perspective changes rapidly. Perspective. A small dent in the bumper of our car as we visit the grocery store, that's going to ruin our day, right? But a totaled car is of no concern whatsoever if our loved ones walk away from the crash scene alive. Perspective. Sometimes 
children wander off or we lose track of them. Now, Jesus understood this. He told stories like the prodigal son. He told stories about lost sheep and lost coins. Now, most often, small children are located within a few seconds or within a few minutes. But the time between being lost and being found is fraught with terror. Our blood pressure and our heart rates escalate. Our minds race to dark places. And amidst the panic, a simple breath can be hard to come by. And when that lost child is found, we are so relieved. We are so overjoyed. We hug that little one. We hold them close as if to say that we are never going to let them go. And then we scold them. We scold them for wandering off, for endangering themselves, for the panic that they have caused us. Oh, they found me on that Saturday almost 60 years ago. The police, they left our home. My dad thanked the officers for their time. And I have to tell you, my dad was so happy to have found me that he said, no cake for you. And I spent the rest of the party in my bed. A 60s era timeout. The innocent little mischief maker was safe. And the fragile nature of our human journey was once again exposed. Now we are reminded that our hopes and our dreams and life itself can turn on an instant, on a dime. Did you hear the last line of that story that Ava read for us? Jesus and his complicated family had made their yearly trip to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. It was Easter vacation, spring break, spring break, time off from work to travel in a caravan of friends and family from Nazareth to Jerusalem. That would be four days of walking, covering about 8 to 12 miles a day. It was quite a happening. It was a religious social, and cultural spring ritual. Visit the temple, make sacrifices, have a festive Passover meal with your family. Jerusalem, ride a camel, eat falafel, buy an olive wood manger scene, get the t-shirt and go home, saying next year in Jerusalem. When the Passover was completed, the complicated family joined other complicated families for the return trip to the village of Nazareth. The carpenter's shop, you see, was set to open in just four days. Joseph needed to get home now. Mary, did you pack the food? I have it, Joseph. Where are the pashminas for my mother? I have them, dear. Don't worry. They're packed on the camel. We're ready then. Let's head out. Now, they both assumed that their children were with them. They no doubt knew the exact whereabouts of the younger ones in the family. But their firstborn, Jesus, he was 12 years old. He was probably hanging out with his friends. He knew the routine from previous years' journeys to Jerusalem. Well, they were off. They traveled all day. And when they got ready to set up camp and have a little dinner that night, they realized that no one, no one had seen the boy Jesus. That's when the panic set in. They looked high and they looked low. They quizzed every friend and every neighbor. And when it was clear that Jesus was not in the caravan, the distressed parents left the little ones with trusted travelers and headed back. To Jerusalem. Mother Mary and Joseph, the ever faithful stepfather, frantically retraced their steps. Well, they found the 12 year old Jesus after three days of searching. Hold on now. I want you to let that sink in for a minute. That is three days without sleep. 
That is three days imagining the worst. Jesus' picture was already on milk cartons in Jerusalem. And then they found him. They found him in the temple, sitting among the great rabbis. And when she saw him, Mary broke into tears and she began running. And Joseph was close behind saying, No hamatashin for you, Jesus. Exasperated, exhausted, and now suddenly exhilarated, Mary threw her arms around Jesus and said, Child, why? Why have you treated us like this? The anxiety that you caused your father and me almost killed us. And then the 12-year-old answered like a 12-year-old. He said, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I would be here in my father's house? This my is my 35th Father's Day as a father. And I will tell you that there were a few times through the years when the mother of my children said to me in a stern voice, I'm mad at you for something you said to me. And like a man, I replied, what did I say? And she said, you said, let's start a family. Yes, for many years, I've had a card in my office that read, before I was married, I had three theories about raising children and no children. Now I have three children and no theories. Now it's worth noting that this would be the last scene in the childhood of Jesus. After this, the pages of history would be left unwritten. The Gospels would fall silent, and we would not encounter Jesus for the next 18 years. But we were going to look at that last line of the story, were we not? Did you catch the last line that Ava read for us? It speaks volumes. So if you missed it, here it is. But they did not understand what he said to them. But they, the parents, Mary and Joseph, did not understand what Jesus said to them. Now that pretty much sums it up, does it not? Mary and Joseph, out of their minds with fear, now greatly relieved, now somewhat angry at the precocious child that they were raising, this 12-year-old with an attitude spoke to them saying, What's the fuss? You should have known where I was at. But Mother Mary and Stepfather Joseph did not understand what he was saying to them. And Joseph leaned over to the love of his life, his still beautiful young wife, and he said, I'm mad at you for something you said. What's that, Joseph? Let's start a family. It's Father's Day, 20. 21. And let's see if we can find a couple takeaways from this left behind story. The first is quite obvious. Jesus did not belong to Mary and Joseph. He was on loan to them. He was only on loan to them. His care was entrusted to them. Yes, but he was on loan to them. Now, it's impossible to underestimate the importance of parenting. The role of being a parent is critical to the development of our children. But it is also critical to the functioning of the larger society that we are all a part of. The Jewish rabbinic writings known as the Talmud says, When you teach your son, you teach your son's son. The same is, of course, true for daughters. Good parents and parenting are planting seeds that will be harvested not just by our children, but by the generations to come. The former slave, Frederick Douglass, would go on to be a great American hero, a social reformer, abolitionist, and statesman. And he said, it's easier to build strong children 
than to repair broken men. When parenting, our children need role models, not buddies. Children need role models, not critics. No, Jesus did not belong to Mary and Joseph. It was not their place. It was not their place to plan his life or to control his actions or to live his life for him. Now, they may have dreamed and desired for him something different. They probably wanted him to have a quiet life in Nazareth. They may have dreamed that Jesus would take over the family business. He'd get married and have six children of his own, and then he'd retire in winter in Palm Springs. Our parenting is critical to the development of our children, but our children are only on loan to us. Not unlike our house, our wealth, or even our bodies, none of which come with us at the end of the journey when we meet our maker. The educator and author Reed Markham said, Being a great father is like shaving. No matter how good you shave today, you have to do it again tomorrow. Jesus did not belong to Mary and Joseph. And he would choose a path forward that neither of his parents would have chosen for him, much like Martin Luther. The American poet John Andrews Holmes said, A child enters your home and for the next 20 years makes so much noise you can hardly stand it. The child departs, leaving the house so silent that you think you're going mad. Our role as parents or grandparents is critical to the development of young lives, but they don't belong to us. And in the end, they will have to find their own way in life. It may not be our way, and it should not be by default or by coercion our way. We raise them to live their lives, and we love them. Wherever their journey may take them, we are to love them no matter whom they choose to love. Now, through the years, I have on many occasions had parents or grandparents in my office who had been informed by their son or daughter that they were coming out, that they were gay. And my advice to these parents or grandparents, it's always the same. I say, really, you only have two choices. You're going to love them or you're going to lose them. So I want you to take time to adjust the hopes and dreams that you may have had for them, and then I want you to just love them. After all, they don't belong to you. And you must remember, they are, they are the same child, the same child that nursed at your breast, the daughter that you taught how to ride a bike, the son whose skinned knees you bandaged when he cried. Just love them. Love them as Jesus loves them, or you will lose them. And if you do lose them, you will carry a broken heart to your grave. The choice is really yours. Yes, they don't belong to us. They belong to God. And their life is to be lived on their own terms, just as you lived your life on your own terms, not necessarily your parents. The second takeaway is that Jesus clearly understood that God had a claim on his life, that he was chosen that his was a higher calling. Now, I don't think at 12 years of age that Jesus could fully comprehend what that meant. This is a human story, after all. Jesus was and is human, after all. But what we are seeing at 12, a typical coming-of-age time for Jewish men and women, bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, 
What we are seeing here at 12 is the urging of God, the beginnings of revelation that would be nurtured over the next 18 years. An emerging revelation that would lead Jesus to the waters of the Jordan River, to the desert of temptation, to a ministry of grace and healing, to foot washing, and ultimately to a cross. And I got to tell you, that's not exactly what Mary and Joseph had in mind for their firstborn son on that Christmas morning in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. The journey of a parent is watered with tears. Tears of joy and tears of sorrow. When a father gives to his son, they both laugh. When a son gives to his father, they both cry. I wish you a happy Father's Day. Teach your children well, and then trust them to live. They belong to God, not to you. Carl is going to sing for us at this time. You who are on the road must have a code that you can live by and so become yourself because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well their father's hell did slowly go by and feed them on your dreams the ones they picks the one you'll know by don't you ever ask them why if they told you you will cry so just look at them and sigh and know And you of tender years can't know the fears that your elders grew by. And so please help them with your youth. They seek the truth before they can die. Teach your parents well. Their children's hell will slowly go by and feed them on your dreams. The one they picks, the one you'll know by. Don't you ever ask them why, if they told you you will cry. So just look at them and sigh and know they love you. Thank you, Carl. That was beautiful. We were blessed. We lift our hearts now to God in prayer. The Stats family is going to lead us in the prayers. Uh, they will read the petitions, and we have a sung response. Lord, listen to your children praying. Let us pray. Let us pray for all people according to their need. O oh God, we see your son Jesus as both a child and as the son of God, at once both human and savior of the world. As Jesus the child embraced his call to move beyond his childish ways and into his calling, let us be open to your call to live into our gifts and be bearers of your light, bearers of your hope beyond our wildest imaginings, and be partners with you in bringing abundant life to all of your creation. 
Hear us as we sing. Lord, listen to your children pray. Lord, spend your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children pray. Send us love, send us power, send us grace. Oh God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look into compassion on the whole human family. Give hope and wisdom as fathers follow you in the path of love. Take away the arrogance and hatred that infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love. And through our struggle and confusion, work to accomplish your purpose, purposes on earth. Hear us as we sing. Lord, listen to your children pray. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children pray. Send us power, send us grace. Gracious God, we all face difficult and trying times. Every person is carrying heavy burdens. Be with all who grieve or endure any illness. Lift us as we pray, as children we are lifted with childlike fears very real insecurities. Give us the courage to love. Give us the wisdom to seek reconciliation. Help us nurture our children, your children, and let go. Help us prepare and love and release, never doubting that your love follows wherever we may go. Hear us as we sing. children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us grace. God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. I would encourage you to share a greeting of peace today. There is someone in need of your love. They'd love to hear from you. Pick up that phone. Reach out to them today. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. From Lori and Gus. Just a few happy announcements today. We've been celebrating anniversaries. Bob and Kay Wiley celebrated 60 years of marriage last week. And uh, Ed and Jane Merlino are celebrating 60 years of marriage as well. And that's not all. Tony and Steve Schinnerer are celebrating 53 years of marriage. Happy anniversary to all of these couples. We thank you for being an example to us. We thank all of you as well who have tuned in and worshiped with us today and all through the pandemic. Thank you so much for your love, your support, your cards. We do appreciate it. We do not take it for granted. So thank you. I'm going to call on Deacon Amy, who has some announcements for us. Good morning. Things have slowed down here, but we still have a lot of good things happening. 
Tuesday afternoon youth group is still meeting throughout the summer. This week we're meeting on Zoom. Next week we'll be back on campus. We're looking forward to a fantastic Vacation Bible School the week of August 2nd. We'll have Vacation Bible School in the morning with our four-year-olds through kids entering fifth grade. And then our older middle school and high school students who help out in the morning are going to stick around in the afternoon for some fun adventures of their own. There's a lot of great information and registration forms on our website. Be sure to check it out. Thank you, Deacon Amy. We are open on Sunday mornings, too, I might add, at 8 and 10 a.m. with uh, coffee hours beginning to resume on Sunday morning. So come out and join us on Sunday morning if you can. If not, just keep watching online. And now if you haven't had a chance to uh, get your home altar ready, we are about to celebrate Holy Communion together. The table is set here at Trinity. You can set your own table with bread and wine, crackers and juice. Maybe a Bible, maybe a cross, as we get ready to celebrate the Feast of Victory of our God. We gather around this table now to take us back to the beginning of the service. You can look again at my shirt. The scene from Pastor Erlander of Jesus welcoming all to the table. And so we gather at a table here at Trinity that welcomes all. Regardless of where your journey has taken you in the past, you are always welcome in this place. There are no outsiders at this table. God loves all. And as we gather here then, we remember a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was Holy Week. It was also the night in which Jesus would be betrayed. And on that night, he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, those who were about to betray him. And he said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And they ate. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. And he gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as Jesus taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God. All are welcome. Please share that gift with each other. The body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. There's a dark and a troubled side of life, but there's a bright and a sunny side too. Though we meet with the darkness and strife, the sunny side we also may view. Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all our way. If we'll keep on the sunny side of life Though the storm and its fury rage today Crushing hopes that we cherish so dear The cloud and storm will in time pass away And the sun again will shine bright and clear Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. 
Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Well, my friends, fed and forgiven as you head out of your home, out into the community, go forth with this benediction from God. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now a wonderful way to end a worship service. We are marching, singing, dancing in the light of God. and serve the Lord. Be safe until next time.
If it weren't for kids, have you ever thought there wouldn't be any grandmas or paws? Well, look what the stork just brought. Thank God for kids. And we'd all live in a quiet house without Big Bird or Mickey Mouse and Kool-Aid on the couch. Thank God for kids. Thank God for kids, there's magic for a while. A certain kind of sunshine in their smile. Did you ever stop to think or wonder why? The nearest thing to heaven is a child. Mama, how does this thing fly? And a hundred other wares are wise. Well, I really don't know, but to try. Thank God for kids. When you look down in those trusting eyes that look to you, then you realize there's a love that you can't buy. Thank God for kids. Thank God for kids, they're little for a while. There's a certain kind of sunshine in their smile. Did you ever stop to think or wonder why the nearest thing to heaven is a child? When you get down on your knees tonight and thank the Lord for a guiding light, pray they turn out right. Thank God for kids. When you get down on your knees tonight, Thank the Lord for a guiding light. Pray they turn out right. Thank God for kids.